Yeah, I got to my seat a while ago and I said, I forgot my scooter. I go to Marty to see the doctor to get my stitches out and just pray he doesn't ask if I put any weight on it. I'm not supposed to be putting any weight on it. If he does, I'll say a little bit. <laughs> uh, we're just going to speak the name of Jesus. We'll just say, Jesus, <laughs> Oh, just pray all is well. So good to see you today. So good to see Brother Tim, Sister Waletta. Good to see y'all. We missed you. Love you. Good to see you today. Good to see Ashlyn. I missed her. She's been all out. She's in college. She's uh, pole vaulting. She's been all over. She's been all over the country vaulting. And uh, I've been watching. Doing good. She had to have emergency surgery and she's recovering. And then Angel. Where's Angel? I saw her. There she is. Angel has surgery in the morning. Uh, She was uh, playing... Uh, soccer in the Olympics. No, no, no. She's on her way, though. Uh, she was playing soccer and tore her ACL and meniscus. And so she has surgery in the morning. And so we're praying perfect surgery, perfect recovery. And um, so I'm going to believe all is well. And we're glad to see you. Any first-time guests today? First time in the house? Amen. Everybody's home, folks. We're so glad to have you. So glad that you're here. Turning your Bibles uh, this morning to uh, the book of Genesis. Uh, chapter number four, and uh, then just hold it there, and in a minute we'll get to that. And um, but today, how, how many knows what month it is? February. What's February? That's the love month at the Lord's house. Oh, uh, we're gonna love everybody. We're gonna love you. You're gonna love me, and uh, it's gonna be a, a good month. But we're continuing with our theme. Uh, of 2022 of the year of recovery. So we're declaring to recover in 2022 five things. Uh, we're recovering a spirit, a relationship with God, uh, our physical, our spiritual, our financial, our relational. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to begin talking about recovering your relationships. Uh, friendships, marriages, uh, relationships within the home, business relationships. Uh, there's a lot of relationships that, that we have that uh, get strained, uh, that, that gets things happen. Uh, you know, just, y'all know what I'm talking about. Is that how it's going to be today? I said, y'all know what I'm talking about? That's better, that's better. I can hear people saying amen all the way from home. Listen, uh, every, everybody can think about a relationship that you would like to be a little bit better. So we're going to declare, uh, Jesus declared two relationships uh, that we need to work on. Two things that are very, very important. Matter of fact, he said these are the most important. So what are those things? As we talk about uh, our theme scripture, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse number 8, and, and David inquired of the Lord, should I pursue? And the Lord said, pursue and you will recover all. We are believing to recover in these five areas and in lots of other areas. Uh, but the one we want to talk about today as we kick off the love month is recovering relationships. So, we find in Matthew chapter 22, verse number 37 and 39, Jesus said to him, you, everybody say you, look at your neighbor and say you, 
Look at them and say, you. Everybody say, that means me. And you. Who does that mean? All of us. Me and you. You shall love. Oh, you like love? I love love. Amy will say that. She says, I love love. <laughs> you shall love what? Bluebell ice cream. Oh, I love bluebell. Come on now. Mexican food. Enchiladas. Pupusas. Huh? Ribeye steaks. The Super Bowl. Oh, come on. <laughs> Dallas is not there, but it's like, nah. You shall love. We say we love a lot of things, don't we? But really, it's not love. It's more infatuation. It's a strong like. Because I say I love it, but I can do without it. I love ice cream, but I don't have to have it all the time. I like it every now and then. Oh, I'd like it all the time, but, you know, that's not wise. <laughs> so we, 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 we love those things, uh, end of things that we should not be able to do without. Love the Lord your God. On Sunday when you come to church between 10, 30, and 11, 30, and uh, then don't think about him the rest of the week. See, if you really love somebody, you remember when you first fell in love? You wrote love notes? Remember when you was in kids, when you was a kid and you was in school and you'd write, you know, that little girl love note? Will you go with me? Yes or no? You get it back and she circled, or. What in the world? Do you remember your first broken heart? I can remember a little girl hurt my feelings. I was in the fellowship hall, standing behind the door crying. I have no idea how old I was. I was little, but I remember it. I don't exactly know what happened, but it didn't feel good. I, it, she made me cry. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. All your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the great commandment. What's the great commandment? You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Well, who's my neighbor? You know, I mean, the, the person living next door, you know, they, they, they live across town. They live in South Tyler. I'd like to love them. They're from another country. They're, they're over here. They're this. Love your, your neighbor. I just want to venture to say, if they're living on this planet, they're your neighbor. No matter how far away they are, God loves them. He created them. And we need to learn to love them. So with those two important things, he said, love God, love, you, love your neighbor, love people. So if that's true, then it, it's essential that we build healthy relationships. 
So the number one thing that we said this year we wanted to recover from was a bad spiritual relationship. We wanted to restore our relationship with God. And we've been working on that. We prayed. We said, Lord, forgive me. We we accepted Jesus into our heart. We're working on a strong relationship with God. But after that, you need to begin to build relationship with people. And you need to be... You need to restore bad relationships. Now, granted, there are some relationships you may not need to restore. There may be those that uh, drug you down, those that took you to the wrong places, those that caused you to do bad things. And when you get right with God, you realize wait a minute, (laughs) they're not good influences. Do you hate them? No. You just may not can be best friends anymore. You might not can hang out the same places, do the same things. There's some relationships you may have to withdraw from, yet you still love the person. Then there's those people in our lives that because of those bad decisions, we've hurt. You ever hurt anyone? Intentionally? Unintentionally? Doesn't matter whether we meant it or not. Hurt still hurts. Many times people hurt our feelings. They didn't mean to. I've hurt people's feelings. I didn't mean to. It still hurt. And so we've got to do what we can to restore those things. We want to restore healthy relationships. And I tell you, there ain't nobody that can help you understand it better than kids. Listening to kids' prayers. This one little kid prayed, Dear God, maybe Cain and Abel would have not killed each other if they had their own room. That's what mom and dad did for me and my brother. (laughs) Dear God, I bet it's very hard for you to love everybody in the world. There's only four people in my family, and I'm having a hard time loving all of them. (laughs) Genesis chapter 4, where I had you turn earlier, verse number 1. Now Adam knew Eve his wife. That's a new in the biblical sense that we might talk about later this month. He met her and said, hi, I'm Adam. She said, hi, I'm Eve. And she conceived. Wow. And bore Cain and said, I've acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again. Hmm. He must have met her a second time. This time, his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep. Does anybody know how long Abel lived? As long as he was Abel, yeah. Uh, Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in this process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of fruit of the ground of the Lord. Abel brought his firstborn of his flock and their fat. And the Lord respected Abel in his offering, but he did not respect Cain in his offering. Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Now, this message, I don't have time to go into all of that, but you cannot... Uh, you, you cannot... <laughs> the sin offering could not come from the ground which was cursed. Uh, God showed them how to kill an animal. How he, he, they knew what to do. Uh, sin had to be covered by blood. Uh, we're not getting into all that today. But why God didn't receive his offering. But Cain was angry because he didn't receive it. And so the Lord said, I want you to listen to this. 
why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will not you be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. See, you see, God, it wasn't just about the offering. There was a lot that goes into that. But God knew his heart. God, God said, if you just do it right, like I ask, like you know to do, then won't I accept you? There's some things you have to do God's way. There's some things, the Bible's clear on some things, and the world gets so upset, why can't I do it this way and it be okay? Because God said it's not. Some things you just have to do God's way. And so God told him, why are you mad? You, did it, you, you didn't do it the right way. Just do it the right way and I'll accept you. And if you don't, there's sin lying at your door. And I want you to listen to this. And the desire is in it. And the, it's, I'm sorry, start over. And its desire, what's it? Sin. Sin's at the door. And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. God said, Cain, you didn't do it the right way. Just go do it the right way. Come back, I'll accept you. But sin lies at your door. And its desire is to get you. But you need to rule over it. Rule over your emotions. Rule over your tongue. Rule over your attitude. Rule over your fleshly desires. So, Cain could have went out and just did, brought the right offering. Everything would have been fine. But he didn't do that. He got angry. Anybody ever got mad at somebody? Anybody got angry at somebody? They did you wrong? Now, here's the deal. Abel didn't do anything to Cain. Abel just brought the right offering. Abel brought it with the right spirit. Abel brought it with humility. Cain just tried to bring what he had. I mean, it was a good offering. You can bring offering out of the ground for tithes, for all, for all that. You can't bring it for sin offering. Sin offering has to be blood. They had sinned. God showed them the only thing that can cover sin. It was they were naked. He killed an animal covered them with his, its, its skin, showed them how to offer. He knew what to do. But he said, I'll just do it my way. And God said, Cain, if you do it right, I'll accept you. But instead, Cain got mad at Abel. Isn't it amazing how when God blesses people, other people get mad at them? Why is God blessing them? Why don't He bless me? Well, maybe they did things right and you didn't. What we got to do, we need to check. Sin lies at the door. We need to look and say, okay, what is at the door? What is causing my discord? What is causing this disunity? What's causing the problem in my home? And it might be you. If so, fix it. It might be the other person. If so, go to them and fix it. Maybe it's the kids. Go fix it. You say, how do I fix it? Well, that's the hard part give you a few steps later but now Cain talked with Abel his brother and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him first murder 
and they didn't even have any guns. Isn't it amazing? You see, guns are not the problem. It's the heart of man. If sin lies at the door and you don't deal with it, if you don't overtake it, it'll overtake you. And then out of the heart, men do evil things. There's been murders from the beginning with a rock, with knives, with whatever. If evil is in the man's heart, if sin's at the door and you don't deal with it, it'll destroy you and other people. Isn't it interesting? Let me, let me just read this verse. And then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? And this is the famous quote that people use all the time. He said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? And then the Lord said, His blood cries from the ground. Unto me. Did you know there's life in the blood? And blood cries out for justice. Can you imagine today the amounts of cries God hears from America, from the children that are being destroyed and murdered and killed, from the, 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 the blood running in the streets, from the in the world injustice. Amen. God is looking down saying, What are you doing? But it's because the sin that God told Cain. I know you're upset. But if you'll just go do right, I'll accept you. But sin's at your door. And you need to learn how to deal with it. You need to control it. Instead, he let anger control him. And he acted out in anger. He killed his brother. Now the blood is crying unto God. And God said, what in the world did you do? Isn't it amazing? The first two questions God asked man, number one was to Adam and Eve. Where are you? Where are you? Why have you hid from me? It was about relationship between man and God. And the second question was, what have you done? Relationship with each other. What have you done? Why did you do that? How could you have done that? And then you look at it, and we don't have time to get into it, but man, his punishment looks harsh. I mean, God cursed him, cast him out. said, I mean, he was a worker there, and this ground will never yield to you again. And he was a vagabond and a, just, just a wanderer. I and mean, it seemed like a harsh uh, judgment, but that's how much importance God puts on relationships. And you may go, oh, it's no big deal. We used to be friends, but we're not anymore. I'm telling you, God's not pleased. If you hurt people, now, as I said before, some, there's some relationships we don't enter back in, uh, but, but we, 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 we don't hate people. We don't hold bitterness and grudges and unforgiveness and things in our heart. We want to release people. I mean, we, we may not ever see them again, but we don't want to hold grudges. We want to let things go. So God puts a high value on relations. Everybody say, I'm important. I mean, do you realize Genesis 1:27 and God created man in the image of God, He was created. You were created in the image of Almighty God. You are beautiful. You are perfect. You're the way God created you. He loves you. You're the apple of His eye. Every day you need to look in the mirror and go, I am a child of the Most High God and I am beautiful. 
because the devil and people around you will tell you you're not. You're worthless and you're nothing. And when we go through things and we're hurt and life wounds us, people devalue us. But can I tell you today, God still values you. Woo! Anybody got a $20 bill? $100 bill? $20? Anybody got a 20 Who's got a 20 real quick? Run to me. Come on, somebody bring me a $20 bill. Who's got one? Oh, come on, Brother Tim. I see you right there. Brother Tim's got his out already. All Paul has is hundreds. I, I see. I see. I, I, that's because you're carrying the 20. Just one. I just got to ask you a question. What's its value? Do you like it? You love it? You, I mean, you want it? Okay, okay. <laughs> how, about, how, how about now? How much is it worth? But I halved it. Still want it? How about now? But I've diminished it. I've made it smaller. Ah. How much is it worth now? Still want it? Oh. How much is it worth now? $20. Ah. Still want it, huh? But look, it's, 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 it's all wrinkled. Now, you can do like Brother Paul. He irons his money. He likes it crisp. So, even though I abused it, diminished it, stomped on it, stepped on it, trampled on it, and they say money is the dirtiest thing we ever touch. They say most all money has traces of drugs on it going through people's hands. Yet, how much is it still worth? Still worth $20. So, if God created you in His image, even though you're trampled on and hurt and wounded and people diminish you and people look at you, don't feel like you're worth anything, how much are you still worth to God? Still priceless. Still priceless. See, people diminish you. People Because people go, oh, look, they're used. I don't want that one. That one's dirty. Listen, you're still valuable. You're still created in the image of God and you are priceless. Can I get a big amen? I give you 20 back now. <laughs> I'm sorry I abused your money. It'll go spend it for lunch. It'll still spend. You see, God created us to function even with all of our hurts and our wounds and uh, people try to diminish us, but God doesn't. God builds us up. Can I get an amen? But But the Lord said, He looked at man and He said, It is not good that man should be. Sometimes God said it's not good. Everything God created, He said it's good. That's good. Them birds are good. Those cows are good. Those, those horses are good. Those chickens are good. It's all good. Now, those stars are good. The sun, the moon, that's good. That water's good. He looked at man and said, that's not good. It's not good that man should be alone. And so he created a woman. He created a helpmate. He created someone that could give him directions in the garden when he got lost.
The Bible declares in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, two are better than one. Huh? Because they have good reward for their labor. If they fall, one can lift up his companion. But woe to him is alone when he falls. You'll be like that lady on TV. I've fallen and I can't get up. You had a companion there. They could help you up. Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. You see, when Jesus said, it's not good that you be alone. You need people in your life. You need church family. You need family. You need friendships. You need people to strengthen you. And those relationships are good. And then Jesus came along and he died for our broken relationships. But now in Christ Jesus, you were once were far off. Have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the wall of separation that he might reconcile them to God in one body through the cross thereby putting to death the enmity he came and preached peace to who were afar off and to those who were near Ephesians chapter 2 you see we were far off from God not, not in proximity but in relationship we were far from God we were broken. We could have no restoration. There, there, there was no fixing it. But Jesus came and broke down the wall of separation. How many knows that from in friendships, in marriage, in relationships, with, with children, sometimes it seems like there's a wall built up. And no matter what you do, what you say, you just can't get over the wall. Now, Ashlyn, she just vault over it. But most people can't do that. I sing that song, I can run through a troop, run into a wall. Oh, y'all don't know that song? Because that's not how it goes. I can run through a troop, leap over a wall. But see, most of us just run right into the wall. In relationships, we just run into those walls and then we, we go, well, I quit. I can't fix it. I, we, there's been a wall. And you know what? It's by our own building through our actions and through things we've done that we've built that wall but thank God when Jesus came he died he brought man and God back together and he said I can tear down those walls of separation he did it between God and man and he can do it between man and man he heals our relationships and God commands us to pursue healthy and helping relationships with one another he said in Galatians dear brothers and sisters if Another Christian is overcome by sin. For who are godly should post it on Facebook and tell everybody about it? That's what we do, isn't it? Is, is that godly? Is that God said what we're supposed to do? If another Christian is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. Be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. I'm, oh, oh, I don't have time to preach it. But don't you ever look at somebody and go, well, I never. Oh, you'll turn right around and do it yourself. And worse. 
And he said, right here, when you see someone fall, don't uncover their sin. He said, love covers a multitude of sins. And if you're spiritual, you're going to go to your brother and help them up, help them be restored, cover, and help them get on the right track. And then you be careful yourself that you don't fall into the same thing. Share each other's troubles and problems. And in this way, you obey the law of Christ. It's our job in families, in relationships, in church families. Amen. We're not here to criticize one another. We're here to help one another. Amen. Nobody. Listen, we're in a race, but we're not in a race with each other. We're trying to help all of us get to heaven. I don't know if y'all been watching any of the Olympics. Y'all know I love the Olympics. I've been watching all I can. I was watching last night the, the, the girl snowboarding and uh, looked like our girl was going to win gold. She wasn't expected to get nothing. I'm mean, That's how it can work. Our two-time gold medalist failed all three times. Felt heart broke for her. She was there and the last person to go was the girl from New Zealand. We had an 87. She scored a 92. And you know what all those other girls did? They all pouted and got mad and stomped off. And No. They all, every country, all ran out there and grabbed her. And they were all jumping up and down. They were celebrating another's victory. That way it, was, it was a great testimony to the world. Who cares? Forget all the political stuff, whatever. I mean, they are in it. But you know what? These girls, they train. They're, they go against each other. But they're in all these competitions all over the world all the time. They all know each other. They're friends. And they celebrated when she did well. We should be that way. When we see a brother or sister fall, it was amazing. When You, you look when you, you, in the Olympics. When you, they all fall. They all make mistakes. And you see everybody go, oh, they feel bad for them. Four years. I'll tell you what, my heart's breaking. is those that have prepared all this time and then they get there and they're testing positive for COVID with no symptoms. I don't know if I trust those tests or not. Oh, but you know what? Thank God our bobsled girl, she, she did her quarantine and she's out and still going to get to compete. And so, uh, but that's heartbreaking. To prepare your whole time and then all of a sudden you can't do it. Or you do it and you fall. But you know what? When they fall, they go surround them. They hug them. They comfort them. They tell them it's going to be okay. You'll do better next time. And then when they win, they celebrate. Listen, we need to learn something as the body of Christ. Amen. When a brother or sister falls, we need to go to them, surround them, protect them. We don't need to go kick snow on them. Pick them up. Good relationships help one another. Amen? Understand this, my dear brothers. This is James. I'm going to give you three steps to help you in your relationship. Husbands, I'm, I'm going to try to help you. First of all, let me help you. Valentine's is next Monday, the 14th. You've got a week. It's not about how much it costs. But do something. Wives. 
You're the other half of that relationship. So get your husband something too. We like food. <laughs> you know what? So do, do something. Show your spouse you love them. Do something kind. Don't. don't, don't I hear people all the time. Ah, oh, that's just a that's just a money maker. That's just, Okay, so it is. But it's when the whole world chooses to tell the one they love they love them, don't you miss out on it because you think it's a commercialized scam. And if you treated her right and talked good and gave her gifts 364 days out of the year, you might could skip that day. But since you don't, don't let me down. I don't want to be doing no counseling on the 15th. Let me help you. Everybody say, help me, Pastor. Help me quick, Pastor. <laughs> Here we go. James chapter 1, verse 19. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Right there. That could solve most of your marital trouble right there. You don't listen. You speak too fast. And you get mad too quick. You get mad first. And then you speak. And then you really mess things up. So James said, be quick to listen. Why do you have two ears and one mouth? So you can listen twice as much as you talk. Be quick to listen. I didn't say hear. You can hear without listening. You got to listen. You hear with your ears. You listen with your heart. Because your wife can say something. And then you can repeat it, and she'll say, that's not what I said. Well, that's what I said, but it wasn't what I meant. How do I know what you meant? Because that's what you said. But if you love me, you should know what I mean. Your first mistake was speaking. Just listen. Just listen. Listen with your heart. Listen to what they're really saying. Because maybe they start talking and you go, what's this about? And then they talk and you go, oh, that's not it at all. This is it right here. Here's the problem. And most of the time, it's me. I go, oh, I see the problem. Quick to listen. Slow to speak. Before you speak, well, wouldn't it really be nice if we thought about what we were going to say? Wouldn't it be nice if we could filter our words with love? If you speak slow, you can. If you listen, you contemplate, you go, what's the real need? And then you speak. You'll cause yourself a lot less problems. And then... Be slow to get angry. Yeah, that, that seemed like the whole world used to used to the, the saying that kind of was keep a lid on it, keep a lid on it, keep a lid. Now it's like blow your top, blow your top, just just let it out, 
Let it, now listen, when you blow your top, you hurt people. When you're angry, your words hurt. So if you're angry, don't speak. Listen long, speak short, and don't get angry. And if you are, go stand in a corner and count to ten. Or fifty, or a hundred. Ever how long it takes you to calm down to be able to speak to your friend, to your spouse, to your children. I'm telling you, I could take a survey. I'm not going to do it. I could take a survey. Say, who remembers your parent saying something harsh or mean in anger? Every one of you go, oh, oh yeah, I remember. Hurt my feelings. Still remember. I'm still mad at them. Well, why are you doing your children that way? We're going to talk about children next week. Relationship with our kids and training our kids. and We're going to deal with kids next week. And, woo, Amy's going to uh, announce it, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Next week is baptismal service. I'm baptizing a young lady. I want to get baptized. And so uh, we're going to open up. If you have accepted Jesus uh, since we've had the last baptism, if you've rededicated your heart, if you want to make a public confession of your relationship with Jesus and you want to be baptized in water, uh, that's just a public confession of I've decided to follow Jesus, bury my sins and raise a new life, then we're going to do that next week. And so if you, if you would like to be baptized uh, on the way out the door, let me know. And uh, it'd be great. Yeah, it's going to be a great t- time next week. Uh, but, but we hurt our kids with, when we speak angry. We hurt our friends when we speak angry. So, so you say, well, pastor, I... Yeah, every, I, I know I got a bad relationship. I know I've I've hurt my, my this one, that one, my cousin, my uncle, my aunt, my my, my coworker, my boss, my employee, uh, my neighbor. Uh, it's it's amazing how many feuds neighbors have. Uh, it, it, it's crazy. I mean, just over silly things because the fence is a half inch on their property. Little things, you know. But uh, how do we fix? Broken relationships. Huh? Yeah, number one, be sorry. So, uh, let me give you some steps. I gave you, I just gave you three steps. What are they? Quick to listen. Slow to speak. Slow to get angry. Okay? Y'all work on that this week. But here you go. If we, in healing our relationships, and we're going to deal with all kinds of relationships uh, during this month. Uh, but this is just in general. Number one, acknowledge there's a problem. That's the first step. That's the first step in anything. If you want to do anything, if you want to recover from anything, first admit everything's not 100% the way it needs to be. I, I, I'm not 100%. Acknowledge it. Number two, make a pact with that other person that you're going to work on things. Go to that person and go, hey, look, I, I, I know our relationship is strained. I, I, you may know what it is. It could be a betrayal. It could be a, a, a lie. It could, well, it could be a ton of things. But just go to them and, and, and go, look, I, 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 I know that our relationship is not what it needs to be, and I just want you to know that I want to work on it to make it better. Okay? You, you, don't, you don't have to make it better that day. You don't, you don't, you don't have to fix it all that day. You, you can say, I'm sorry. Nicole said, you got to be sorry. Yes, you, you, you need to be sorry 
uh, that you said that, did that, acted that way, hurt that person, go to them and go, hey, I, I know we can't fix it all today, but I just want you to know I'm going to do better. I'm going to work on this. And they'll go, okay, hey, look, you know, let's work. What, what can we do? Well, let's, let's, let's have coffee. Uh, let, let, let's, go, let's go sit down and let's just visit for a minute. Let's talk. And you start slow. Then number two, number three, take full responsibility for your part. See, if you try to fix the problem, <laughs> see, I, I'm going to fix me, me and John. Let's say me and John had a, had a, had a little falling out, you know, something happened and, uh, you know, we're kind of upset at each other and, and I go to John, I'm going to take John, I acknowledge there's a problem in our relationship and I want you to know that I'm going to work on it because I want you to know that it's all your fault. How, how far you think that process is going to go? Pretty much it stopped right there, didn't Yeah, John said, I'm going to be quick to listen. But you know what? People are listening, but as soon as you blame it all on them, they're done listening. No. You need to, first of all, take responsibility and go, look, I know a lot of this is my fault. Take responsibility for your part. Say you're sorry. Take the steps you need to to make it right. And then uh, begin to work on that relationship. Number five, get, or number four, get some counsel. If it's not something that the two of you can just work out together, if you can't just say you're sorry, you can't begin to, then get some counsel. Get some help. Bring somebody in that can help you. Not your friends on Facebook. They'll make it worse. I mean, listen, you, you go on Facebook. I, I have this friend that hurt me. What should I do? One person. Forgive them. The other person. Kill them. That's about how broad the responses are. So now get, get help from people that can truly help you. Find a counselor. Find a pastor. Find someone that can help in that particular situation. Begin scheduling quality time. See, so many times the reason what most relationships need is time with one another. You need to schedule some quality time. Date night, Valentine's is coming up. This coming Friday night is the Valentine banquet. Be a great time to bring your sweetheart. Good step. Quality time. And then practice full transparency. Stop lying. Just be honest. If any relationship is going to work, if it's going to heal, you've got to be honest. Hey, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. When I do make mistakes, don't try to cover it up. Just say, hey, I blew it again. I'm sorry. Be transparent with one another. Talk to each other. When we get, when we get on down to, to, to relationship with husband's wife and intimacy, co- communication, being honest, saying, communicating your needs and your desires. If you don't tell people what you expect, you're never going to get it. Number seven out of 32. No, there's only seven. Y'all, y'all, y'all remember when we did the love, when we did the... Uh, 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 love languages. 
talked about the love language. We just talked about it. We all have a tank, a love tank. Not your belly, because some, some of our love tanks are bigger than others. No, it's not what I'm talking about. It's a different tank. We all have a love tank. And we give, and it, it depletes. We receive, and it fills. And when your love tank gets empty, you're in a bad shape. That relationship is in a bad shape. So husbands, wives, you've got to begin to fill the tank. And one of the ways we do that, there's a lot of ways, but appreciation, showing appreciation. Uh, there, there's, there's, seven, there's seven love languages. Five? Oh. I thought there were seven. I've been doing two too many. No, I've been doing four and a half too little. We was driving down the road the other day, and Miss Amy said, I think I have all five love languages. I like them all. Begin to feel your spouse, your friend, your children. Every single person on the planet has a love tank. And when they're depleted, that's when they act up. When you're full and satisfied, you can tell in actions and reactions and in words. Work to fill your friend, your spouse, your children's love tank. Because listen, your words, your actions make a difference in people's lives. There was a little boy named Mark was walking home from school one day. True story. Out of chicken soup. Chicken soup for the soul. Mark was walking home from school one day and he noticed that a boy ahead of him had tripped and dropped all of his books Two sweaters, a baseball hat, a glove, small tape recorder. Mark stopped and stepped down and helped him pick the stuff up and started helping him carry. And as they walked, Mark discovered the boy's name was Bill. He loved video games and baseball and history. And he was having a lot of trouble, some other subjects. And he had just broken up with his girlfriend. And Mark went home and after dropping off Bill at his house, and they continued to see each other around school and spoke and said hello and ate lunch together a few times. And They graduated from junior high. They moved on to high school, and they continued to see each other now and then and bump each other, have a class here together, and they would still talk. They were the greatest of friends, but just had a connection. Three weeks after graduation from high school, Bill asked Mark, can I talk to you for a minute? Bill reminded him. He said, you remember the first day you met me? I said, yeah. He said, did you ever wonder why I was carrying so much stuff? Bill said, you see, that day I cleaned out my locker because I didn't want to leave a mess for anyone else. I'd stored away some of my mother's sleeping pills and I was going home to commit suicide. But after we spent some time together talking and laughing, I realized that if I killed myself, I'd miss a lot of other times like that, other friendships. He said, Mark, when you picked up my books that day, you did a lot more than just pick up some stuff. You saved my life. You see, relationships are so important. A smile, a hello, a good morning. 
seeing someone in need. It's not about having this huge connection and relationship. It's just about being kind to one another and being a friend. Seeing someone hurting and just asking, are you okay? Is there anything I can do to help you? It's just noticing other people. I want to ask you today, do you love God the way you need to and do you love people the way you need to? I want to invite our band to come back up. Chrissy, would you come up just a minute? Um, I didn't, I'm sorry, didn't know you had Juju. But just maybe just you and Aaliyah. Y'all can all come. It's fine. I, I know it's already 12.04, but could you give us a couple more minutes? Would it be all right? Are your relationships, are your friendships, is your marriage worth just two or three more minutes? You see, the Christian life, it's not just about going to heaven. It's not just about accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior and trying to live a, a life that would be pleasing to Him and coming to church and paying your tithe. All those are wonderful things. But it's about relationships. It's about relationship with God and relationship with people. <laughs> I, this is kind of funny. I was studying and making notes and looking up stories and different things. And I Googled. You know, Google works. For, Google's good, isn't it? Sometimes. So I Googled the way to, to, the way to fix a broken relationship. You know what I found? <laughs> I found the way. I found two ways to heal a relationship. Fifteen ways. Twenty-two ways. Thirty-seven ways. Ten ways. <laughs> That's too many ways. And everybody had their opinion on how to do it. I saw a lot of ways. I chose those seven. Just admit you got a problem. Go to them. Spend some quality time. Be transparent. Listen, those seven things I just talked about, those are the simplest. Now, there's, there's a lot of other ways. But you know one of the best ways? To ask Jesus. Because when you get in right relation this way. When you experience love and forgiveness this way. You can grant love and forgiveness this way. There's a lot of people that are in bad relationship with God. And man you can tell it. They're mad at everybody. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Let's just take a moment to speak the name of Jesus and say, Jesus, all those verses they sing may help me with my addiction, help me with my fear, help me with my family, help me with my depression. Help, Lord, all those things, all those things mess up relationships. It's all about relationship. As we speak the name of Jesus. Guys, will you go turn those big lights down? Those things are blinding me. Here's what I want you to do. Not gonna, not gonna call you into the altar today. I, I, I need you to just sit there 
silence and sit there listening to this song, looking at the words. I need you to contemplate in your mind your relationship, number one, with God. If it's not right, if there's something between you and God, if, as he told Cain, sin lies at the door. You're angry at God for some reason. You feel like God didn't accept you for some reason. God said, Cain, just do right and I'll accept you. Say, Lord, what what did I do wrong? Where did I sin? Where, Where did I fail? What did I say? What did I do? Ask God to forgive you. Get, get in right relationship with God. And then, say, Lord, what, what relationship? I mean, it'll take you but a second. You already know who it is. Uncle John, Uncle Bob, Billy, Susie, Aunt Mary, your wife, your kids. You, you know who you're in bad relationship with. You, you know where that wall is. And I need you to begin to say, Lord, what can I do? How can you help me this year? To heal my relationship. We're going to talk about kids next week. We're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about everything this month. But this is just in general. Co-workers, bosses, friends, neighbors, whatever. Whoever you're in, you have a strained relationship. Ask God to help you. Let's speak Jesus into those broken relationships. Let's just sing a little bit. I'll pray just a moment. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. Cause I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. Come on, say, Lord, I need peace in my relationship with you. I just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break Break my addictions and habits Declaring there is hope and there is freedom Yeah, set me free I speak Jesus I speak Jesus into my life I confess my sin and ask you to forgive me Your name is power Your name is Jesus, 
back to God to give you eternal life a place in heaven but sin has separated you but today today's your day to give your life to Christ fear, depression has to go habits and addictions have to go today you will be set free in Jesus name your relationship with God is going to be restored right now. As those of you in this building and you at home, pray with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. My life is broken. I'm not in relationship. But today, I confess my sin. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my friend. Today, I choose to follow Jesus Christ. To make Him Lord of my life. Father, I just pray that as each person has made this declaration of faith, You said if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive. You said if we confess with our mouth that you are Lord, we'd be saved. So Father, I pray right now as they made this confession, and you will recover all. We're believing to recover in these five areas and in lots of other areas. Uh, But the one we want to talk about today as we kick off the love month is recovering relationship. So we find in Matthew chapter 22, verse number 37 and 39, Jesus said to him, you, everybody say you, look at your neighbor and say you, look at them and say you, everybody say that means me and you, who does that mean? All of us, me and you. You shall love. Oh, you like love? I love love. Amy will say that. She says, I love love. (laughs) 
You shall love what? Bluebell ice cream. Oh, I love bluebell. Come on now. Mexican food. Enchiladas. Pupusas. Huh? Ribeye steaks. The Super Bowl. Oh, come on. <laughs> Dallas is not there, but it's like, nah. You shall love. We say we love a lot of things, don't we? But really, it's not love. It's more infatuation. It's a strong like. Because I say I love it, but I can do without it. I love ice cream, but I don't have to have it all the time. I like it every now and then. Oh, I'd like it all the time, but, you know, that's not wise. (laughs) So we, 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 we love those things uh, into things that we should not be able to do without. Love the Lord your God. On Sunday when you come to church between 10, 30, and 11, 30, and uh, then don't think about Him the rest of the week. See, if you really love somebody, you remember when you first fell in love? You wrote love notes? Remember when you was in kids, when you was a kid and you was in school and you'd write, you know, that little girl love note? Will you go with me? Yes or no? You get it back and she circled, or. What in the world? Do you remember your first broken heart? I can remember a little girl hurt my feelings. I was in the fellowship hall standing behind the door crying. I have no idea how old I was. I was little, but I remember it. I don't exactly know what happened, but it didn't feel good. She made me cry. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the great commandment. What's the great commandment? You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Well, who's my neighbor? You know, I mean, the, the person living next door, you know, they, they, they live across town. They live in South Town. I'd like to love them. They're from another country. They're, they're over here. They're this. Love your, your neighbor. I just want to venture to say, if they're living on this planet, they're your neighbor. No matter how far away they are, God loves them. He created them. And we need to learn to love them. So with those two important things, he said, love God, love, you, love your neighbor, love people. So if that's true, then it, it's essential that we build healthy relationships. So the number one thing that we said this year we wanted to recover from was a bad spiritual relationship. We wanted to restore our relationship with God. And we've been working on that. We prayed. We said, Lord, forgive me. We we accepted Jesus into our heart. We're working on a strong relationship with God. But after that, you need to begin to build relationship with people. And you need to be... You need to restore bad relationships. Now, granted, 
there are some relationships you may not need to restore. There may be though those that uh, drug you down, those that took you to the wrong places, those that caused you to do bad things. And when you get right with God, you realize, wait a minute, <laughs> they're not good influences. Do you hate them? No. You just may not can be best friends anymore. You might not can hang out the same places, do the same things. You, some, there's some relationships you may have to withdraw from, yet you still love the person. Then there's those people in our lives that because of those bad decisions, we've hurt. You ever hurt anyone? Intentionally? Unintentionally? Doesn't matter whether we meant it or not. Hurt still hurts. Many times people hurt our feelings. They didn't mean to. I've hurt people's feelings. I didn't mean to. It still hurt. And so we've got to do what we can to restore those things. We want to restore healthy relationships. And I tell you, there ain't nobody that can help you understand it better than kids. Listening to kids' prayers. This one little kid prayed, Dear God, maybe Cain and Abel would have not killed each other if they had their own room. That's what mom and dad did for me and my brother. <laughs> Dear God, I bet it's very hard for you to love everybody in the world. There's only four people in my family, and I'm having a hard time loving all of them. <laughs> Genesis chapter 4, where I had you turn earlier, verse number 1. Now Adam knew Eve his wife. That's a new in the biblical sense that we might talk about later this month. He met her and said, hi, I'm Adam. She said, hi, I'm Eve. And she conceived. Wow. And bore Cain and said, I've acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again. Hmm. He must have met her a second time. This time, his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep. Does anybody know how long Abel lived? As long as he was Abel, yeah. Uh, now, Abel was a keeper of sheep. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in this process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of fruit of the ground of the Lord. Abel brought his firstborn of his flock and their fat. And the Lord respected Abel in his offering, but he did not respect Cain in his offering. Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Now, this message, I don't have time to go into all of that, but you cannot... Uh, you, you cannot <laughs> the sin offering could not come from the ground which was cursed. Uh, God showed them how to kill an animal. How he, he, they knew what to do. Uh, sin had to be covered by blood. Uh, we're not getting into all that today. But why God didn't receive his offering. But Cain was angry because he didn't receive it. And so the Lord said, I want you to listen to this. Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will not you be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. See, you see, God, it wasn't just about the offering. There was a lot that goes into that. But God knew his heart. God, God said, if you just do it right, like I ask, like you know to do, then won't I accept you? There's some things you have to do God's way. 
There's some things, the Bible's clear on some things, and the world gets so upset, why can't I do it this way and it be okay? Because God said it's not. Some things you just have to do God's way. And so God told him, why are you mad? You, did it, you, you didn't do it the right way. Just do it the right way, and I'll accept you. And if you don't, there's sin lying at your door. And I want you to listen to this. And the desire is in it. And the it's, I'm sorry, start over. And it's desire. What's it? Sin. Sin's at the door. And it's desire is for you, but you should rule over it. God said, Cain, you didn't do it the right way. Just go do it the right way. Come back. I'll accept you. But sin lies at your door. And its desire is to get you. But you need to rule over it. Rule over your emotions. Rule over your tongue. Rule over your attitude. Rule over your fleshly desires. So Cain could have went out and just did, brought the right offering. Everything would have been fine. But he didn't do that. He got angry. Anybody ever got mad at somebody? Anybody got angry at somebody? They did you wrong? Now here's the deal. Abel didn't do anything to Cain. Abel just brought the right offering. Abel brought it with the right spirit. Abel brought it with humility. Cain just tried to bring what he had. I mean, it was a good offering. You can bring offering out of the ground for tithes, for for all that. You can't bring it for sin offering. Sin offering has to be blood. They had sinned. God showed them the only thing that can cover sin. It was they were naked. He killed an animal covered them with its its, its skin, showed them how to offer. He knew what to do. But he said, I'll just do it my way. And God said, Cain, if you do it right, I'll accept you. But instead, Cain got mad at Abel. Isn't it amazing how when God blesses people, other people get mad at them? Why is God blessing them? Why don't He bless me? Well, maybe they did things right and you didn't. What we got to do, we need to check. Sin lies at the door. We need to look and say, okay, what is at the door? What is causing my discord? What is causing this disunity? What's causing the problem in my home? And it might be you. If so, fix it. It might be the other person. If so, go to them and fix it. Maybe it's the kids. Go fix it. You say, how do I fix it? Well, that's the hard part give you a few steps later but now Cain talked with Abel his brother and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him first murder and they didn't even have any guns isn't it amazing you see guns are not the problem It's the heart of man. If sin lies at the door and you don't deal with it, if you don't overtake it, it'll overtake you. And then out of the heart, men do evil things. There's been murders from the beginning with a rock, with knives, with whatever. If evil is in man's heart, if sin's at the door and you don't deal with it, it'll destroy you and other people. 
Isn't it interesting? Let me, let me just read this verse. And then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? And this is the famous quote that people use all the time. He said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? And then the Lord said, His blood cries from the ground unto me. Did you know there's life in the blood? And blood cries out for justice. Can you imagine today the amounts of cries God hears from America, from the children that are being destroyed and murdered and killed, from the, the, the blood running in the streets, from the, in the world, injustice. Amen. God is looking down saying, what are you doing? But it's because the sin that God told Cain, I know you're upset, but if you'll just go do right, I'll accept you. But sin's at your door. And you need to learn how to deal with it. You need to control it. Instead, he let anger control him. And he acted out in anger. He killed his brother. Now the blood is crying unto God. And God said, what in the world did you do? Isn't it amazing? The first two questions God asked man, number one was to Adam and Eve. Where are you? Where are you? Why have you hid from me? It was about relationship between man and God. And the second question was, what have you done? Relationship with each other. What have you done? Why did you do that? How could you have done that? And then you look and we don't have time to get into it. But man, his punishment looks harsh. I mean, God cursed him, cast him out. Said, I mean, he was a worker there. And this ground will never yield to you again. And he was a vagabond and a, just, just a wanderer. I and mean, it seemed like a harsh uh, judgment. But that's how much importance God puts on relationships. And you may go, oh, it's no big deal. We used to be friends, but we're not anymore. I'm telling you, God's not pleased. If you hurt people. Now, as I said before, some, there's some relationships we don't enter back in, uh, but, but we, 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 we don't hate people. We don't hold bitterness and grudges and unforgiveness and things in our heart. We want to release people. I mean, we, we may not ever see them again, but we don't want to hold grudges. We want to let things go. So God puts a high value on relationships. Everybody say, I'm important. I mean, do you realize Genesis 1:27 and God created man in the image of God, He was created. You were created in the image of Almighty God. You are beautiful. You are perfect. You're the way God created you. He loves you. You're the apple of His eye. Every day you need to look in the mirror and go, I am a child of the Most High God and I am beautiful. Because the devil and people around you will tell you, you're not. You're worthless and you're nothing. When we go through things and we're hurt and life wounds us, people devalue us. But can I tell you today, God still values you. Woo! Anybody got a $20 bill? $100 bill? $20? Anybody got a 20 Who's got a 20 real quick? Run to me. Come on, somebody bring me a $20 bill. Who's got one? Oh, come on, Brother Tim. I see you right there. Brother Tim's got his out already. All Paul has is hundreds. I 
sí, sí. That's because you're carrying the 20. Just one. I just got to ask you a question. What's its value? Do you like it? You love it? You, I mean, you want it? Okay, okay. How about, how, how about now? How much is it worth? But I halved it. Still want it? How about now? But I've diminished it. I've made it smaller. Ah. How much is it worth now? Still want it? Oh. <laughs> How much is it worth now? $20. Oh. Still want it, huh? But look, it's, 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 it's all wrinkle. Now, you can do like Brother Paul. He irons his money. He likes it crisp. So, even though I abused it, diminished it, stomped on it, stepped on it, trampled on it, and they say money is the dirtiest thing we ever touch, they say most all money has traces of drugs on it going through people's hands. Yet, how much is it still worth? Still worth $20. So if God created you in His image, even though you're trampled on and hurt and wounded and people diminish you and people look at you, don't feel like you're worth anything, how much are you still worth to God? Still priceless. Still priceless. See, people diminish you. People, because people go, oh, look, they're used. I don't want that one. That one's dirty. Listen, you're still valuable. You're still created in the image of God, and you are priceless. Can I get a big amen? I give you 20 back now. <laughs> I'm sorry I abused your money. It'll go spend it for lunch, it'll still spend. You see, God created us to function. Even with all of our hurts and our wounds and uh, people try to diminish us, but God doesn't. God builds us up. Can I get an amen? But, see, but the Lord said, He looked at man and He said, It is not good that man should be. Sometimes God said it's not good. Everything God created, He said it's good. It's good. Those birds are good. Those cows are good. Those, those horses are good. Those chickens are good. Those, every, it's all good. Now, those stars are good. The sun, the moon, that's good. That water's good. He looked at man and said, that's not good. It's not good that man should be alone. And so he created a woman. He created a helpmate. He created someone that could give him directions in the garden when he got lost. The Bible declares in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, two are better than one. Huh? Because they have good reward for their labor. If they fall, one can lift up his companion. But woe to him is alone when he falls. You'll be like that lady on TV. I've fallen and I can't get up. You had a companion there. They could help you up. Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. 
You see, when Jesus said, it's not good that you be alone. You need people in your life. You need church family. You need family. You need friendships. You need people to strengthen you. And those relationships are good. And then Jesus came along and he died for our broken relationships. But now in Christ Jesus, you were once were far off. Have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the wall of separation. That he might reconcile them to God in one body through the cross. Thereby putting to death the enmity. He came and preached peace to who were afar off and to those who were near. Ephesians chapter 2. You see, we were far off from God. Not, not in proximity, but in relationship. We were far from God. We were broken. We could have no restoration. There there, there was no fixing it. But Jesus came and broke down the wall of separation. How many knows that in friendships, in marriage, in relationships, with, with children, sometimes it seems like there's a wall built up. And no matter what you do, what you say, you just can't get over the wall. Now, Ashlyn, she'd just vault over it. But most people can't do that. I sing that song, I can run through a troop, run into a wall. Oh, y'all don't know that song? Because that's not how it goes. I can run through a troop, leap over a wall. But see, most of us just run right into the wall. In relationships, we just run into those walls and then we, we go, well, I quit. I can't fix it. I, we, there's been a wall. And you know what? It's by our own building through our actions and through things we've done that we've built that wall but thank God when Jesus came he died he brought man and God back together and he said I can tear down those walls of separation he did it between God and man and he can do it between man and man he heals our relationships and God commands us to pursue healthy and helping relationships with one another he said in Galatians dear brothers and sisters if Another Christian is overcome by sin. For who are godly should post it on Facebook and tell everybody about it. That's what we do, isn't it? Is is that godly? Is that God said what we're supposed to do? If another Christian is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. Be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Oh, oh, I don't have time to preach it. But don't you ever look at somebody and go, well, I never. Oh, you'll turn right around and do it yourself. And worse. And he said, right here, when you see someone fall, don't uncover their sin. He said, love covers a multitude of sins. And if you're spiritual, you're going to go to your brother and help them up, help them be restored, cover, and help them get on the right track. And then you be careful yourself that you don't fall into the same thing. Share each other's troubles and problems. And in this way, You obey the law of Christ. It's our job. 
in families, in relationships, in church families. Amen. We're not here to criticize one another. We're here to help one another. Amen. Nobody. Listen, we're in a race, but we're not in a race with each other. We're trying to help all of us get to heaven. I don't know if y'all been watching any of the Olympics. Y'all know I love the Olympics. I've been watching all I can. I was watching last night the, the, the girl snowboarding and uh, looked like our girl was going to win gold. She wasn't expected to get nothing. I'm just hacking work. Our two-time gold medalist failed all three times. Felt heart broke far. She was there and the last person to go was the girl from New Zealand. We had an 87. She scored a 92. And you know what all those other girls did? They all pouted and got mad and stomped off. And No. They all, every country, all ran out there and grabbed her. And they were all jumping up and down. They were celebrating another's victory. That way it, was, it was a great testimony to the world. Who cares? Forget all the political stuff, whatever. I mean, they are in it. But you know what? These girls, they train. They're, they go against each other. But they're in all these competitions all over the world all the time. They all know each other. They're friends. And they celebrated when she did well. We should be that way. When we see a brother or sister fall, it was amazing. When You, you look when you, you, in the Olympics. When you, they all fall. They all make mistakes. And you see everybody go, oh, they feel bad for them. Four years. I'll tell you what, my heart's breaking. is those that have prepared all this time. And then they get there and they're testing positive for COVID. With no symptoms. I don't know if I trust those tests or not. Oh, but you know what? Thank God our bobsled girl, she, she did her quarantine and she's out and still going to get to compete. And so, uh, but that's heartbreaking. To prepare your whole time and then all of a sudden you can't do it. Or you do it and you fall. But you know what? When they fall, they go surround them. They hug them. They comfort them. They tell them it's going to be okay. You'll do better next time. And then when they win, they celebrate. Listen, we need to learn something as the body of Christ. Amen. When a brother or sister falls, we need to go to them, surround them, protect them. We don't need to go kick snow on them. Pick them up. Good relationships help one another. Amen? Understand this, my dear brothers. This is James. I'm going to give you three steps to help you in your relationship. Husbands, I'm, I'm going to try to help you. First of all, let me help you. Valentine's is next Monday, the 14th. You've got a week. It's not about how much it costs. But do something. Wives. You're the other half of that relationship. So get your husband something too. We like food. You know what? So do, do something. Show your spouse you love them. Do something kind. Don't, don't, don't I hear people all the time, oh, that's, just a, that's just a money maker. That's just, 
Okay, so it is. But it's when the whole world chooses to tell the one they love they love them, don't you miss out on it because you think it's a commercialized scam. And if you treated her right and talked good and gave her gifts 364 days out of the year, you might could skip that day. But since you don't, don't let me down. I don't want to be doing no counseling on the 15th. Let me help you. Everybody say, help me, Pastor. Help me quick, Pastor. (laughs) Here we go. James chapter 1, verse 19. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Right there. That could solve most of your marital trouble right there. You don't listen. You speak too fast. And you get mad too quick. You get mad first. And then you speak. And then you really mess things up. So James said, be quick to listen. Why do you have two ears and one mouth? So you can listen twice as much as you talk. Be quick to listen. I didn't say hear. You can hear without listening. You got to listen. You hear with your ears. You listen with your heart. Because your wife can say something and then you can repeat it and she'll say, that's not what I said. Well, that's what I said, but it wasn't what I meant. How do I know what you meant? Because that's what you said. But if you love me, you should know what I mean. Your first mistake was speaking. Just listen. Just listen. Listen with your heart. Listen to what they're really saying. Because maybe they start talking, and you go, what's this about? And then they talk, and you go, oh, that's not it at all. This is it right here. Here's the problem. And most of the time, it's me. I go, oh, I see the problem. Quick to listen. Slow to speak. Before you speak... Well, wouldn't it really be nice if we thought about what we were going to say? Wouldn't it be nice if we could filter our words with love? If you speak slow, you can. If you listen, you contemplate, you go, what's the real need? And then you speak. You'll cause yourself a lot less problems. And then be slow to get angry. Yeah, that, that seemed like the whole world used to, used to the, the saying that kind of was keep a lid on it, keep a lid on it, keep a lid. Now it's like blow your top, blow your top. Just, just let it out. Let it, now listen, when you blow your top, you hurt people. When you're angry, your words hurt. So if you're angry, don't speak. Listen long, speak short, and don't get angry. And if you are, 
go stand in a corner and count to ten. Or fifty. Or a hundred. Ever how long it takes you to calm down to be able to speak to your friend, to your spouse, to your children. I'm telling you. I could take a survey. I'm not going to do it. I could take a survey. Say, who remembers your parent saying something harsh or mean and anger? Every one of you go, oh, oh yeah, I remember it. Hurt my feelings. Still remember. I'm still mad at them. Well, why are you doing your children that way? We're going to talk about children next week. Relationship with our kids and training our kids. and We're going to deal with kids next week. And, woo! Amy's going to uh, announce it, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Next week is baptismal service. I'm baptizing a young lady. I want to get baptized. And so uh, we're going to open up. If you have accepted Jesus uh, since we've had the last baptism, if you've rededicated your heart, if you want to make a public confession of your relationship with Jesus and you want to be baptized in water, uh, that's just a public confession of I've decided to follow Jesus, bury my sins and raise a new life, then we're going to do that next week. And so if you, if you would like to be baptized uh, on the way out the door, let me know. And uh, it'd be great. Yeah, it's going to be a great t- time next week. Uh, but, but we hurt our kids with, when we speak angry. We hurt our friends when we speak angry. So, so you say, well, Pastor, I, yeah, every, I, I know I've got a bad relationship. I know I've, I've hurt my, my, this one, that one, my cousin, my uncle, my aunt, my, my, my co-worker, my boss, my employee, uh, my neighbor. Uh, it's, it's amazing how many feuds neighbors have. Uh, it, it, it's crazy. I mean, just over silly things. Because the fence is a half inch on their property. Little things, you know. But uh, how do we fix broken relationships? Huh? Yeah, number one, be sorry. So uh, let me give you some steps. I gave you, I just gave you three steps. What are they? Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Okay? Y'all work on that this week. But here you go. If we, in healing our relationships, and we're going to deal with all kinds of relationships uh, during this month, uh, but this is just in general. Number one, acknowledge there's a problem. That's the first step. That's the first step in anything. If you want to do anything, if you want to recover from anything, first admit Everything's not 100% the way it needs to be. I, I, I'm not 100%. Acknowledge it. Number two, make a pact with that other person that you're going to work on things. Go to that person and go, hey, look, I, I, I know our relationship is strained. I, I, you may know what it is. It could be a betrayal. It could be a, a, a lie. It could, well, it could be a ton of things. But just go to them and, and, and go, look, I, 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 I know that our relationship is not what it needs to be. And I just want you to know that I want to work on it to make it better. Okay? You, you, don't, you don't have to make it better that day. You don't, you don't, you don't have to fix it all that day. You, you can say, I'm sorry. Nicole said, yeah, I'll be sorry. Yes. You, you, you need to be sorry uh, that you said that, did that, acted that way, hurt that person. Go to them and go, hey, I, I know we can't fix it all today, but I just want you to know I'm going to do better. I'm going to work on this. And they'll go, okay, hey, look, you know, let's work. What, what can we do? Well, let's, let's, let's have coffee. Uh, let, let, let's go. Let's go sit down and let's just visit for a minute. Let's talk. And you start slow. Then number two, number three, take full responsibility for your part. 
See, if you try to fix the problem, <laughs> see, I, I'm gonna fix me, me and John. Let's say me and John had a had a had a little falling out. You know, something happened, and uh, you know we're kind of upset at each other. And, and I go to John. I'm gonna say, John, I acknowledge there's a problem in our relationship, and I want you to know that I'm gonna work on it because I want you to know that it's all your fault. How, how far you think that process is going to go? Pretty much it stopped right there, didn't Yeah, John said, I'm going to be quick to listen. But you know what? People are listening, but as soon as you blame it all on them, they're done listening. No. You need to, first of all, take responsibility and go, look, I know a lot of this is my fault. Take responsibility for your part. Say you're sorry. Take the steps you need to to make it right. And then uh, begin to work on that relationship. Number five, get, or number four, get some counsel. If it's not something that the two of you can just work out together, if you can't just say you're sorry, you can't begin to, then get some counsel. Get some help. Bring somebody in that can help you. Not your friends on Facebook. They'll make it worse. I mean, listen, you you go on Facebook. I I have this friend that hurt me. What should I do? One person. Forgive them. The other person. Kill them. That's about how broad the responses are. So don't get... Get help from people that can truly help you. Find a counselor, find a pastor, find someone that can help in that particular situation. Begin scheduling quality time. See, so many times the reason what most relationships need is time with one another. You need to schedule some quality time. Date night, Valentine's is coming up. This coming Friday night is the Valentine banquet. Be a great time to bring your sweetheart. Good step. Quality time. And then practice full transparency. Stop lying. Just be honest. If any relationship is going to work, if it's going to heal, you've got to be honest. Hey, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. When I do make mistakes, don't try to cover it up. Just say, hey, I blew it again. I'm sorry. Be transparent with one another. Talk to each other. When we get, when we get on down to, to, to relationship with husband's wife and intimacy, co- communication, being honest, saying, communicating your needs and your desires. If you don't tell people what you expect, you're never going to get it. Number seven out of 32. No, there's only seven. Y'all, y'all, y'all remember when we did the love, when we did the uh, 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 love languages? Talked about the love languages, talked about it. we all have a tank, a love tank. Not your belly, because some, some of our love tanks are bigger than others. No, it's not what I'm talking about. It's a different tank. We all have a love tank. And we give, and it, it depletes, we receive, and it fills... And when your love tank gets empty, you're in a bad shape. That relationship 
is in a bad shape. So husbands, wives, you've got to begin to fill the tank. And one of the ways we do that, there's a lot of ways, but appreciation, showing appreciation. Uh, there, there's, there's, seven, there's seven love languages. Five? Oh, I thought there were seven. I've been doing two too many. No, I've been doing four and a half too little. We was driving down the road the other day, and Miss Amy said, I think I have all five love languages. I like them all. Begin to feel your spouse, your friend, your children. Every single person on the planet has a love tank. And when they're depleted, that's when they act up. When you're full and satisfied, you can tell in actions and reactions and in words. Work to fill your friend, your spouse, your children's love tank. Because listen, your words, your actions make a difference in people's lives. There was a little boy named Mark was walking home from school one day. True story. Out of chicken soup. Chicken soup for the soul. Mark was walking home from school one day and he noticed that a boy ahead of him had tripped and dropped all of his books. Two sweaters, a baseball hat, a glove, small tape recorder. Mark stopped and stepped down and helped him pick the stuff up and started helping him carry. And as they walked, Mark discovered the boy's name was Bill. He loved video games and baseball and history and he was having a lot of trouble some other subjects and he had just broken up with his girlfriend. And Mark went home and after dropping off Bill at his house and they continued to see each other around school and spoke and said hello and ate lunch together a few times and they graduated from junior high. They moved on to high school and they continued to see each other now and then and bump each other, have a class here together and they would still talk. They were the greatest of friends but just had a connection. Three weeks after graduation from high school, Bill asked Mark, can I talk to you for a minute? Bill reminded him. He said, you remember the first day you met me? I said, yeah. He said, did you ever wonder why I was carrying so much stuff? Bill said, you see, that day I cleaned out my locker because I didn't want to leave a mess for anyone else. I'd stored away some of my mother's sleeping pills and I was going home to commit suicide. But after we spent some time together talking and laughing, I realized that if I killed myself, I'd miss a lot of other times like that, other friendships. He said, Mark, when you picked up my books that day, you did a lot more than just pick up some stuff. You saved my life. You see, relationships are so important. A smile, a hello, a good morning. Seeing someone in need. It's not about having this huge connection and relationship. It's just about being kind to one another and being a friend. Seeing someone hurting and just asking, are you okay? Is there anything I can do to help you? It's just noticing other people. I want to ask you today, 
Do you love God the way you need to? And do you love people the way you need to? I, I want to invite our band to come back up. Chrissy, would you come up just a minute? Um, I didn't, I'm sorry. didn't know that you had Juju. But just maybe just you and Aaliyah. Y'all can all come. It's fine. I, I know it's already 12.04, but could you give us a couple more minutes? Would it be all right? Are your relationships or your friendships, is your marriage worth just two or three more minutes? You see, the Christian life, it's not just about going to heaven. It's not just about accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior and trying to live a, a life that would be pleasing to Him and coming to church and paying your tithe. All those are wonderful things. But it's about relationships. It's about relationship with God and relationship with people. <laughs> I, this is kind of funny. I was studying and making notes and looking up stories and different things. And I Googled. You know, Google works. For, Google's good, isn't it? Sometimes. So I Googled the way to... Res- the way to fix a broken relationship. You know what I found? <laughs> I found the way. I found two ways to heal relationship. Fifteen ways. Twenty-two ways. Thirty-seven ways. Ten ways. <laughs> That's too many ways. And everybody had their opinion on how to do it. I saw a lot of ways. I chose those seven. Just admit you got a problem. Go to them. Spend some quality time. Be transparent. Listen, those seven things I just talked about, those are the simplest. Now, there's, there's a lot of other ways. But you know one of the best ways? is to ask Jesus. Because when you get in right relation this way, when you experience love and forgiveness this way, You can grant love and forgiveness this way. There's a lot of people that are in bad relationship with God. And man, you can tell it. They're mad at everybody. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Let's just take a moment to speak the name of Jesus. And say, Jesus, all those verses they sing... May help me with my addictions, help me with my fear, help me with my family, help me with my depression. Lord, all those things, all those things mess up relationships. It's all about relationship. As we speak the name of Jesus. Guys, we can turn those big lights down. Those things are blinding. Here's what I want you to do. I'm not gonna not gonna call you into the altar today. I, I I need you to just sit there, silence, and sit there listening to this song, looking at the words. I need you to contemplate in your mind your relationship number one with God. If it's not right, if there's something between you and God, if as He told Cain, sin lies at the door. You're angry at God for some reason. You feel like God didn't accept you for some reason. 
God said, Cain, just do right and I'll accept you. Say, Lord, what, what did I do wrong? Where did I sin? Where, what did I fail? What did I say? What did I do? Ask God to forgive you. Get, get in right relationship with God. And then, say, Lord, what, what relationship? I mean, it'll take you but a second. You already know who it is. Uncle John, Uncle Bob, Billy, Susie, Aunt Mary, your wife, your kids. You, you know who you're in bad relationship with. You, you know where that wall is. And I need you to begin to say, Lord, what can I do? How can you help me this year to heal my relationship? We're going to talk about kids next week. We're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about everything this month. But this is just in general. Co-workers, bosses, friends, neighbors, whatever. Whoever you're in, you're, have a strained relationship. Ask God to help you. Let's speak Jesus into those broken relationships. Let's just sing a little bit. I'll pray in just a moment. I just want to speak the name of Jesus Over every heart and every mind Cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus Come on, say, Lord, I need peace in my relationship with you. I just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break Break my addictions and habits Declaring there is hope and there is freedom Yeah, set me free I speak Jesus I speak Jesus into my life I confess my sin and ask you to forgive me your name is power Your name is Oh 
watching me at home or somewhere online. You've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Jesus loves you. He died on the cross to reunite you, your relationship back to God. To give you eternal life, a place in heaven. But sin has separated you. But today, today's your day to give your life to Christ. Fear, depression has to go. Habits and addictions have to go. Today, you will be set free in Jesus' name. Your relationship with God is going to be restored right now. As those of you in this building and you at home, pray with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. My life is broken. I'm not in relationship. But today, I confess my sin. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my friend. Today, I choose to follow Jesus Christ. To make Him Lord of my life. Father, I just pray that as each person has made this declaration of faith. You said if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive. You said if we confess with our mouth that you are Lord, we'd be saved. So Father, I pray right now as they've made this confession, their sins are forgiven. Their life is changed. They are born again. They are on their way to heaven. And you live within them. And you're going to guide and direct them and teach them. And show them the path to walk in. And Lord, if you've restored this relationship. You want to restore their relationship with others. We speak life into family. Life into marriages. Co-workers, children, friends, neighbors. Would you pray with me, dear Lord? You see my relationships. You see those that are broken and strained. Today, I ask Jesus to help me begin to restore those relationships. Give me opportunity. Give me wisdom and words. Let me follow these steps to bring healing to my home, family, my relationships. In Jesus' name, amen. Cry Jesus.